to a slightly more quiet because we're recording late at night in a hotel room episode of Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Weisel, and I am back from day one of D23 Expo 2022. It was a jam-packed day. I did so much, and I'm so happy to be here to tell you about it. Now, we're going to do things a little bit differently today for this episode. Instead of a full play-by-play of everything I saw, we're going to hone in on the most important stuff. That bit of theme park news? What? And my honest thoughts about our first look at the forthcoming Haunted Mansion movie, as well as some other kind of top-level opinions. But we're getting into the theme park goss earlier than I anticipated here on Very Amusing, given that this was the first day of Expo. And frankly, I don't hate it, because that's why I'm here, for all things Disney Parks. If you're wondering, why are we skipping a breakdown of what I saw each day? It's because the good news is that I was lucky enough to get media access to all the major film and entertainment and theme park panels during D23 Expo. The bad news is that sometimes when I spend a bunch of hours at a panel, it doesn't always parlay into what we do here, which is why I attend regardless. You never, ever know. A lot of films and television really dovetail into attractions we see inside these parks these days, which is the main reason I don't just show up on Sunday for the Disney Parks panel and bounce. There is so much crossover now because the Walt Disney Company is a synergy machine. I mean, particularly with things like Avatar, a 20th century Fox film that is now in Disney's portfolio and theme park, and Marvel itself, whose cinematic universe has spurred three theme park lands worldwide, with Avengers Campus at Hong Kong Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and Walt Disney Studios Park at Disneyland Paris. And obviously, we've got quite the Lucasfilm footprint at Disney parks. But all of that, all of those properties, that's happening on Saturday. Friday didn't have the same type of crossover. Now keep in mind, this stage that I sat in front of all day today is the exact stage that Bob Iger uttered that famous phrase, we're not just building one of these, we're building two in terms of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. This is a complete sidetrack, but it's my podcast, so I want to say it anyway. Watching that video, I went back and watched it while I was working on this episode. Watching that video of Bob Iger presenting Galaxy's Edge feels utterly bizarre. You have to go watch it. I almost recommend it purely because it feels like time traveling. I mean, this was seven years ago, which in our time of a global pandemic feels more like 30. Watching that snippet of a Star Wars Galaxy's Edge announcement in 2015 is like dipping into another world we no longer live in. And not just because we're not going to get anything like that this weekend. I mean, two major theme park land expansions, the first themed to an acquired tentpole franchise at both Disney World and Disneyland, that's once in a blue moon. And also, again, this isn't the topic we're here to discuss, we're discussing it. The bleak thing is, hindsight really is 2020 because it goes without saying that a lot of the stuff that should have been in those lands during that big promise at D23 Expo 2015 ultimately didn't make it. It's so weird to look back at a moment like that. Truly maybe the most iconic Disney Parks moment of a CEO speaking at D23 Expo and realize that a lot of the things that we hoped for that land in that moment never came to fruition. 
Remember, there are still no droids roaming around freely as though this is an actual city. There's no uh, actors hired as staffers to speak alien languages. And everyone employed at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge looks like a human and not the robust alien culture we know and love. And even all the creatures who run the businesses, with the exception of one, uh, are backstories and don't actually appear. But... I digress. Uh, This is why we don't usually record these at night. Uh, It just goes to show that even the pinnacle theme park announcement, which is what I myself and I'm sure a lot of other people hold any other theme park announcement at D23 Expo 2, seems better in hindsight than it actually panned out. I love Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, but that promise that he made on stage, it just feels full of hope and boundless opportunity. Now, what I was trying to say at the start of this episode is that sometimes these movie panels overlap massively into what's happening at the theme parks. But for the second of two major panels I saw today, which was the first day of Studio Showcase featuring Walt Disney Animation, Pixar, and Disney Live Action, there really wasn't as much theme park crossover as I'd hoped for, even with The Haunted Mansion. We saw a lot of forthcoming Disney Plus releases and Pixar films and live action remakes, but... I don't think it makes sense to replay all of that here beyond discussing that Haunted Mansion movie clip I saw and why I both liked it and didn't like it, uh, Halle Bailey's incredible vocal performance in Little Mermaid, which I will scream about forever, and the Pixar TV show that I think people are sleeping on, which I will discuss towards the end of the episode. I'm, I'm just not going to list off every single person who received a Disney Legends Award and paraphrase their, spe- paraphrase their speech on this episode either, because I already did that on Twitter. You can find that all online, and if you're seeking it out, head to the top tweet that's currently pinned to my profile, and all the threads are pinned below. So th- now that we've gotten that explainer out of the way, the reason I'm not giving you a play-by-play of the day is because... What I really want to talk about, which is taking me way too long to get into, I'm so sorry, is the small bit of information we gleaned today, rather unexpectedly, when Bob Chapek let the cat out of the bag that a new attraction is coming to Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure. Now, during this grand opening ceremony kickoff to D23 Expo as a whole, I was not expecting him to tee up the parks panel on Sunday as part of it. I thought he'd be pushing Disney Plus or sticking to the script on Disney 100, the centennial celebration. So this was shocking to me. I did not think we'd be talking about Disney parks this soon. And if you saw my posts earlier on social announcing this information, I was being really cagey and careful about what I said around the news. And the reason why is because I thought Chapek's language when he announced this was so specific that I didn't want to read between the lines and jump to conclusions. Now we're going to get into all of this. But first, I just want to drop the audio of exactly what he said when he announced it right here. So for those of you that were here in 2019, you may recall that I shared the promise of what would become Avengers Campus right here at Disney California Adventure. And I'm proud to say that this dynamic land is already a guest favorite and it's no surprise why. You can sling webs with Spider-Man, you can see him soaring 85 feet in the air, enjoy the fun of an adventure with the Guardians of the Galaxy, and enjoy food big and small at Pim's Test Kitchen. But we're not done yet. The Marvel team continues to expand its cinematic universe, and so today I'm excited to announce that the Avengers campus at Disney California Adventure is going deeper into the multiverse. To do that, we're going to be expanding Avengers Campus, and the heart of this new area will be a sensational new attraction. 
Guests will be able to battle alongside superheroes and villains from anywhere. And there might even be some of you that are even aware of who these villains are. So here's the deal. I've been in this game for a while, and my journalistic neuroses and corporate trust issues inform how dodgy I am about things like this. Because until I hear the word ride... It's not a ride. I can hear ride system. I can hear coaster. I can hear dark ride. I can hear slow moving. Anything that indicates it's a ride, it's a ride. But we don't have that yet. To me, that's just how this game works. And my side eye of this news is not baseless. I'm not simply being neurotic. Don't forget, these three campuses at Hong Kong and Paris and California are supposed to be interconnected and haven't really done that in such a good way. Now, name-dropping the multiverse and touting that this attraction will see guests battling alongside superheroes and villains from anywhere, again, Chapek's words, not mine, I'm left to think, well, that could mean boundless integration across the MCU, or possibly, like they've done such a good job of with character appearances in land at Disney California Adventure, a constant evolution. But because it's an attraction, does that mean a digital platform is involved? Maybe an app? Will this be an opportunity to emphasize that ethos further in more of an interactive techie experience? Or are we getting a true e-ticket ride here that'll bring the promised Avengers Campus Phase 2 thrills to Disneyland Resort? The elephant in the room here, of course, is the Quinjet attraction promised for Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure back at D23 Expo 2019. This ride, which was really sold as kind of the main highlight of this Marvel-themed land, would have seen guests board an all-new ride system, which, as my colleague Brady McDonald described it, which I'm quoting because I cannot find my own stories via Google for some reason, was slated to be a Quinjet e-ticket attraction that will embark on a mission to the Black Panther world of Wakanda to battle menacing winged aliens alongside the team of superheroes, according to Walt Disney Imagineering. This is taken from the Orange County Register. Concept art for the Avengers attraction featuring an all-new ride system shows riders hovering in jetpack seats. There wasn't, and this is me talking now, not the quote, there was an element where you were going to be on a Quinjet and then out of the Quinjet without leaving your seat, which I have, my brain can't process what that means. That's why I'm not an Imagineer. Okay, going back, going back to the quote from Brady. The sweeping scene depicts Captain Marvel firing an energy beam, Iron Man unleashing a repulsor blast, and Thor wielding his hammer while surrounded by the flying extraterrestrials. On the ground, Hulk pummels the winged creatures, Black Panther engages in hand-to-hand combat, and the Dora Milaje throw warrior spears as a supersized Ant-Man towers above the action. That is basically a description of the concept art that was released. Now, at first, today, my thought was, oh, this Quinjet ride is dead. They're popping something else in the space that was earmarked for it, and who knows what it'll be. But here's why I'm actually leaning in now later in the day and treating this like the big deal I think it might be. Because when Disney Parks tweeted out this news, it was way more conclusive than what we heard in today's panel from Bobby Boy. They said... Just announced, during the Legends Ceremony at D23 Expo, CEO Bob Chapek shared that Avengers Campus at Disney California Adventure is expanding with a third attraction with a brand new story that will bring guests into battle alongside their favorite superheroes. That's more vague, but more straightforward. And if they're saying third attraction in direct relation to this news, 
they're not referring to that Doctor Strange sanctum or the stunt show happening on top. They're talking web slingers. They're talking Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout and a comparable third attraction or ride of that stature. Sadly, we won't know what that entails until Sunday morning, but it's looking less like a Magic Band Plus interactive activity than I previously thought. However, the plot thickens. What Disney Parks put forth on social media, an attraction with a brand new story that'll bring guests into battle alongside their favorite superheroes, that apple don't fall far from the Quinjet tree, which was said to put you in the middle of action during a battle. Granted, any original story idea has surely shifted given its Black Panther participation, but while I spent the better part of today dancing on the edge of saying, that Quinjet ride is dead, I came across something while doing this that I fully forgot about. Something Bob Chapek himself said during a shareholders call earlier this year. His direct quote, which I pulled from Attractions Magazine, thank you Matt, is as follows. Quote, Certainly the Poppins project, which I was excited about, has had to be put on hold for a while, as has the Quinjet, Chapek said. But you know, these are projects, I'm sorry, but you know, those are projects that we've got sort of in a holding pattern right now. And as our cash situation becomes a bit more robust and a little bit back to normal, in terms of our liquidity, we look forward to hopefully refunding those projects in the future. You can take that as you will. I'm Personally, pretty sure I will be performing nightly in Fantasmic before we actually see that Mary Poppins attraction announced in 2019 for Epcot come to fruition. But could the Quinjet attraction not really be dead? Could they have reimagined the story but left the cool details and ride system as promised at D23 Expo 2019? Considering there is still a full Quinjet atop the Avengers HQ building within the land, and that building itself still sits empty and is not being used as an entrance to any sort of ride as promised? It's all to be determined. But what I will say is that I am much more excited for this attraction now, in the middle of the night, talking about it than I was upon first hearing about it. We're going to take a quick break and be back with my honest thoughts about the Haunted Mansion trailer I saw today. Welcome back. So if you may have thought to yourself, wow, she's saving Haunted Mansion for the end of the episode? Is she trying to bury her thoughts about it? You might be right. (laughs) So here's the deal. We saw kind of a hybrid of a trailer and an extended clip from the film, and there was a lot of stuff I genuinely loved here. The cinematography, the setting, the attention to detail, they nailed the Haunted Mansion details that we know and love. And I gotta tell you, watching our favorite and familiar props and objects and decor in a full-scale house on screen was gleeful, and every fan is going to lose their minds by the setting. But the movie itself? I'm just gonna preface this by saying I saw, like, 0.5 to 1% of it, so I'm not going to make a rash judgment call, but I'm not completely sold on this film yet. The things that I liked, uh, Danny DeVito, both in the flesh and narrating the bit we saw, every single reference to the attraction was spot on to a quote Paul Hollywood, but some details I didn't like included the framing of the film, the setup of the plot here. 
And the reason why we're at this haunted mansion, I don't really, I don't feel it yet the way I feel seeing parts of the attraction in the film. Even the snippets of footage cut together to give us a kind of a vibe for what's in store felt like, oh no, this place is haunted with a bunch of gags and shock, but no clear worthwhile narrative. Again, it was a trailer, and I probably sound like an idiot extrapolating on, or maybe just like, you know, like a film YouTuber uh, extrapolating on a tiny, tiny bit that we saw. But when you watch something like the trailer for Glass Onion, the new Ryan Johnson film and sequel to Knives Out, and you start to feel an instant vibe for each character, and you're drawn to certain people, and you're curious about others, I did not get that from something like this, which has a multi-character cast, and there's also a lot of mystery involved. And while this was really a first look, there were a lot of little snippets and clips of footage in it from throughout the film, and I remain kind of perplexed at the backstory. That backstory, the premise, and the lineup of the cast, according to Variety, is as follows. Haunted Mansion boasts a star-studded cast, including Rosario Dawson, Owen Wilson, Lakeith Stanfield, Jared Leto, Tiffany Haddish... Winona Ryder, sorry, just said Ryder and I panicked, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Dan Levy... Hassan Minaj, again, their list, sorry, I pulled this from the middle of the story, so they already name-checked Hassan Minaj, and I looked at this and I went, Nicki Minaj is in this? Oh my god, I am so sorry. Uh, Hassan Minaj and Danny DeVito. This is obviously Variety again. Uh, They later go on to say in the story that uh, the supernatural comedy film follows Dawson's character, Gabby, a single mom with a nine-year-old son. Looking to start a new life, Gabby buys a strangely affordable mansion in New Orleans. When they discover the mansion is haunted, Gabby resorts to hiring a paranormal tour guide, a psychic, a priest, and a historian to help exercise her newly bought mansion. The film will feature classic references to the classic Disneyland ride, yada, 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 yada. Director Justin Simeon, who was there and introduced the film, and seems really great, by the way, has such a reverence for this ride, so I kind of trust him wholeheartedly. As part of his introduction today, he discussed how when he worked at Disneyland for his summer job, he would ride Haunted Mansion on his breaks and loved it. So when someone like that, who has ties to this attraction, promises Easter eggs, and a lot of them, I trust them. But the premise feels a little more like Clue than Haunted Mansion, right? I'm I'm excited to see what it's like, but my, I guess as the kids would say, my full-throated reaction is just to wait and see. Just seeing, <laughs> seeing Owen Wilson dressed as a priest, like comically dressed like a priest, uh, I don't know. And again, I don't know much about the story yet, but it just felt a little like Clue. Uh, as I shared online today, Yes, the Jared Leto casting rumor of him playing the Hatbox Ghost is indeed true. But on the other hand, also true is that Jamie Lee Curtis will be playing Madame Leota and came out on stage in a doom buggy for her reveal, which was an absolute highlight of the day. Other bits I want to call out. Uh, We saw the entire Part of Your World sequence from the forthcoming Little Mermaid film. Uh, A trailer dropped publicly today, which includes a few snippets from that scene. And Halle Bailey is a showstopper. I don't even know who else could have even entertained the idea of being cast in this role after they heard her sing and seeing her as Ariel. She's Ariel. She's incredible. I need this soundtrack immediately. That said... Because this is live action and we are so familiar with the animated film, I gotta say that 
a real person floating through water looks different than a cartoon. And it just feels at times a bit uncanny valley from the clip that we saw. That is not at all because of Hallie, who I will die for. Uh, that's because of the nature of making a live-action film about a mermaid. But I'm curious of how it'll look further on in the end when she's underwater, hair flowing back and forth, talking to a fish and a crab who look like a fish and a crab. But Hallie, I'm blown away. An absolute highlight from today. And then there's one other thing I wanted to draw attention to. Pixar's win or lose. Pete Docter took to the stage to discuss the studio's first original long-form series, which he himself admitted is new for them. This show stars Will Forte, who will be so perfect in this. But what's interesting is that each episode follows the same week from the perspective of a different character. That way, we'll see each of their feelings and reactions in their own unique visual style, which means a lot of different animation visuals from week to week within the same story, which is really cool. I look forward to seeing how it all comes together at the end of the series, but the clip that we saw, uh, we saw a trailer and a clip, uh, the clip of a character who works up the courage to ask out a barista and then builds up his armor when she panic laughs and realized he's taken her kindness the wrong way was so good that I hope they drop it as soon as possible so people can get excited about the show now. That's all I have for you, I was going to say for this week, for this 24-hour period. I will be back tomorrow to tell you all about the Saturday panels, and there's going to be a lot in there because we're talking Marvel. We're talking Marvel, people. I am so stoked. I'm going to the Muppets Christmas Carol 30th panel. I'm doing so much, and I cannot wait to tell you more about it. But for now, I'm going to head to bed. If you want to stay up to date with up to the minute news, follow me on Twitter at Carly Wiesel. I'm cross posting things on Instagram, but not as quickly. Um, it's just, ugh, there's just these panels move so fast. Uh, it's hard to even get a tweet out, let alone uh, cross post on multi-platforms. So check my Instagram at the end of each day to see the highlights from the day. Head to Twitter if you want to know things the second they're happening and then check back tomorrow. Check to the feed. Make sure you're subscribed so that you can hear an episode rounding up the most important things that we discussed and so much more tomorrow. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll see you Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.